Live from Atlanta, Georgia. You're in Atlanta, right? I am. I am. Live from Atlanta, Georgia. It's Bernie (laughs) Neighbors. And here in Charleston, South Carolina, I'm Jeff McCarriger. Hey! This is Borderline. I forgot to tell you something. What's that? We we got an offer. Might be moving. Oh, hey, hey, good. Yeah, yeah. Finally, uh, Finally making our way. We'll see. I mean, obviously, we just sent our counter in today. Well... When you watch this on Thursday night, we'll have sent the counter in on Wednesday. So we'll see. Wow. Well, finger, right, real, fingers real crossed. Quick, real quick for those who don't know, what a process. I mean, what, <laughs> has, has this been going for a year now? Nine months. Nine, nine months. I think nine to ten months. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so, been a, so for been those who don't know, so Julie and Bernie um, decided to move. Um, I, I'm making this very short. And, yeah. and and list your condo. As soon as you list your condo, all of a sudden, all kinds of problems. I mean, <laughs> one after another after another, including issues that are completely out of your control. Oh, yeah. With the pool situation. I mean, normally you would think that in a condo like yours that overlooks the pool, great stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until they, right. until they decide to just let the pool go into complete disarray, right? Yeah. And dysfunction. Nightmare. And, yeah. So, Nightmare. So no one wants to look at the pool. Yeah. Um. But gosh, what a process. So you guys had to, you had flooding, you had to have the whole place fixed, repaired, refurbished. Yeah, it's been a, on it's the been, market again. Yeah, it's been quite the process. Well, they finally have drawings. They, they haven't started anything on that pool that was supposed to be done in May, by the way. Right. But they did. We, we, we do have a rendering that we actually have on our sliding glass door that goes out on the porch. Like, this is what it's supposed to look like. Nice. Just to ignore this disaster. <laughs> By the way, we've been here two and a half years. That pool area was available to us to, for about five months. Oh my gosh! It's been just a cesspool back there for like two years. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, well, congratulations. That's yeah. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yep. Right, right, right. Well, good luck. Good luck. That's awesome. And obviously, I know well in my other line of work what a huge relief that is. Yeah. So. Big, big first step. Yes. Absolutely. But then you've got, but then you've got inspection. <laughs> you got the move. Oh yeah. The inspection. The beauty of it is we've only been here a little while. So you wouldn't think the yeah. inspections are going to be that different. Well, you just redid the whole place. Yeah. I mean, so you would hope that it'll all go well, but like I said, fingers crossed. Yeah. I, I'm not counting my chickens yet. It's just nice to finally have a legitimate offer and kind of taking steps forward instead of backwards. Right. All right, um, moving on because we're going to run out of time because our guest is logging on. Uh, great, great guest coming up this week, and a great idea by you because um, I've been wanting to talk to her for a while. So this would be be a fun guest this week. Uh, real quick, just before we came on, we're recording. Uh, for those who don't know, we're recording Wednesday morning. Uh, Tom Brady, did you see his his uh, he 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 he's calling it quits? Did it on Twitter just just a finally ago. really? I wasn't. I haven't been yeah. paying attention today. So wow. It was literally about a 55 second. See you later. Thanks for the memories. Uh, I shouldn't say that. It was more personal than that. It was actually really great what he said. And he kind of made fun of himself. He said, listen, in my opinion, I think you only get one long heartfelt uh, essay and media tour when you retire. And he's like, and I used mine up last year. So I'm making this one short, sweet and to the point. It was great. Well, let me ask you this then. So how unworth it was last season? Terrible, you know, you really underperformed as a player, you know, to your standards. You lost your wife who gave you an ultimatum. You essentially lost your wife and kids because you decided to stick it out one more year. And then your team has a losing record, got lucky because they're in an awful division. Is that maybe the worst 
decision ever by someone who has made nothing but great decisions up until that point. Could it, I mean, could it possibly, I mean, could we flip that and say that maybe, I mean, is there a chance they'll get back together with the kids? I mean, is, is, I'm is, sure is, I'm, is yeah, him I'm hitting sure. this wake up call, you know, will, will, will they maybe work it out now? Because he realizes what you realize, like, man, why the hell did I do that? I don't yeah. Know. I, I mean, I think he's always going to be a present father or as present as he can be for his kids, yeah. but I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, ultimatums are tough. If you give someone an ultimatum and you, you got to kind of live by it, you can't backtrack on it, right? That's why ultimatums are terrible. Males, females out there, if you're watching this in relationships, you cannot give ultimatums. Yeah, but if they you just love put, each other, I mean, if they truly yeah. love each other and they got the kids, they'll make work it, it out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but, but ultim- you're right. I mean, it couldn't it couldn't be about the money because his contract with Fox, <laughs> yeah. I, I just saw it today, ten years, three hundred and seventy five million with fox just to be a, for with fox yes yes yeah if you look at the story here i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up the story just to make, that's it's, it's, crazy time man we we our country has completely lost proportion what, yeah. what's what's important i mean these, these broadcast contracts i mean golly it just I'm like, I'm like, that's insane you, dude. you know what you know what we get paid and i'm like yeah. wait a second I'm that like, is wait a second, insane what? Here, let's Look, see, let's... We're not as good as certain people, but we're not far off enough to where you have that kind of difference in contract. You know what I mean? The percentage different, especially you. I mean, you're a professional. That is no. that is crazy. Um, trying to find where it was in the story. Here we go. Yeah. Brady, this is according to ESPN.com. Brady can immediately begin working as an analyst for Fox Sports which signed him to a 10 year. Yeah. That there's no, there's no point in that. There's no decimal point. It is 10 year, $375 million contract this past summer. That's incredible, man. I mean, look, a, how good's he going to be? And is he really going to drive viewership to the level that you give him $300 million, 30 million a year? Is he, I mean, maybe he is. I have no idea. I, maybe I no he idea. is. Maybe people just want to watch him be a buffoon on TV, or maybe they want, want to watch him be great. I don't know. Maybe. We don't even know if he's going to be good. I mean, think, that's think what I'm about, saying. Yeah, think about quarterbacks who, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And think about quarterbacks who've been terrible. Dan Fouts, I, I, in my opinion, I, I do not really like watching him. Dan yeah. Marino was kind of a yeah. dud on TV. I didn't like Marino at all. I like um, Fouts better than Joe Marino. Montana. Joe Montana was kind of a dud on yeah. TV in the brief in, in you know his brief. I mean there, there are some guys who how about Tony Romo signs that huge deal. He's with very CBS. good. Yes. He's no, he's getting crushed. He's he? absolutely Oh yeah, he's getting crushed in the public right now. I thought he was doing pretty well up until I thought he, so too. I, I don't I don't hate listening to him. What's the, what's the problem now? Him. Everyone hating on Tony. Uh, that, that he just kind of says the same things over and over. He does. And lack of preparation, eating on the air, certain noises that he makes. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, at the at the end of the broadcast the other day, there was a reference. Um, you know, Pat Kelsey made the reference to the Cincinnati mayor. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. The Cincinnati yeah. mayor came out and, and totally trash talked Pat Mahomes and, uh, and, and Arrowhead Stadium. And so Pat Kelsey, after the win, called the mayor jabroni and and went total <laughs> yeah, total wwe yeah. on it so great. Saw that. And, and so there was a reference that at the end of the game and tony romo was like what you know basically it's almost like tony didn't get the joke and so people i think were like how did you not hear the cincinnati mayor's comments in your preparation for the whatever he, he's he's getting he's getting some pretty serious shade thrown his way but 
But, but, but anyway, I, yeah. I think that's always part of it, though. I mean, not to get too far down the road, but you have a couple of good years, people build you up, then they want to tear you down, right? Because, I mean, didn't he have a oh, lot right. of a lot of people backing him as far as what a great job he was doing? His analysis was very good, and now it's Oh, in the terrible. beginning, yeah. They yeah. loved him because, because of the fact that he knew exactly what teams were going to do, and it's almost like he could predict the plays, and they loved him. Yeah. But, but you're right, yeah. People have a funny way of, of turning on you. Don't be good for too long. We'll tear right. you down. Yeah, don't be great right away. Suck for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's earn our respect by struggling for a while. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, speak, speaking of TV, um, I heard, I was listening to, I think it was Colin Cowherd, talking about some ratings numbers for the NBA. Um, some of those single games being just over a million. That made me feel pretty good. We had, we had what, just shy, I think we had, what, around 800,000 for the, for the uh, shootout championship last year, well, our our, our I mean, numbers our numbers for broadcast compared to the NBA. I mean, come yeah. on, I'll take compare, that. The problem is we don't have you know eighty two of them, right? We've got fifteen, and yeah. you know that's that's where we kind of hurt a little bit. But yeah, our numbers are fine. Look, college basketball doesn't want to go up with against us. No, not at all. Major League Baseball in the summer doesn't like going up against us. Yeah. So it's our numbers are good, believe it or not. Well, that that's where I think we have a huge um, leg up on on that type of competition. Where like like with baseball, right? It's so regional, and with and with college, with college basketball, you know, when Absolutely. South Car- when South Carolina is playing uh, Arkansas, or you know, on a on no a one's Wednesday watching. night. No one's watching. Uh, you know, you know, the, the the Gamecock fans here in Charleston obviously are watching, and people across the state are watching. But people in Iowa, people in Kansas, I mean, I, I grew up there. Yeah, they don't they don't care. I mean, I USC to us was Southern Cal. It we always no. We didn't we didn't know what we didn't know what South South Carolina, was. South Carolina people are delusional. First off, as a fan base, but yeah, <laughs> they may uh, say the same thing about the Tar Heels. But I'm, I'm just I mean, one university's been around a lot longer <laughs> than the other. Sure. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe judged a touch better academically, just a touch, just a touch. Yeah. <laughs> um. Although your boss may have may have a, a different opinion. On oh, he, look, he's he got his master's from the business school. At, oh, I mean, look, they're they're international business schools. What are you know competing with Harvard for a first or second best MBA program? But undergrad and graduate programs yeah. are completely different. But look, I, South Carolina people are. I mean, I lived there for ten years. I love it. It's one of my favorite places on earth. But man, they get pretty delusional about the Gamecocks. Hey, College of Charleston finally lost, unfortunately. They're, they're ranked number 18 in the country. It was making North Carolina look good. That was their only loss until last night. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so the numbers, but you're, yes. you're right. But, but so, so it's really regional. I mean, it's hyper-regional, you know, like with the South Carolina. Whereas with Cornhole, um, you've got people all across the country watching. Yep. You know, it, it, because it's not. It, it, at this point, it's not regionalized. I mean, it's, an, it's truly a national, national thing. I love it. Yeah. So. Oh, you're so you're known everywhere, Jeff. You are known <laughs> everywhere. Right, right. You are. People yeah. ev- in all 50 states, people know who Jeff McCarriger is. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's one person, and think about that. There's at least one person in every state who knows who you are. That's kind of a cool thing. I can't say that. Absolutely, you can say that. No way. I, I, yes. I bet you we go to many tailgates around the country. And if they throw out your name or Trey's name, they're, they're, there's going to be someone there who knows you. Well, I'm such a nice guy. Well, let's try it. Okay. <laughs> we will. On our, on, our, on our tour around the country this year, we'll walk into like just random places. You know and what no this, one will know who we are. 
you you know what all this fame and fortune has gotten me well fame <laughs> yeah not fortune for sure yeah right <laughs> this this uh, high cholesterol our, our guest is here so we'll talk about it next week <laughs> I, I, all right. Yeah, yeah, I just told you, remember, because you texted yeah. me the other day, and I told you I was at, so I've got high cholesterol, so now i got to start eating better. Yeah, back off, man. got to back off that red meat. I, and I was thinking myself, I'm like, I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I don't really eat, I don't think that I eat bad. And then, and then I was talking to Nate Ross, who I do the Coastal Carolina games with, and I remembered when we went up there and did the Thursday-Saturday games, and we spent uh, the night on Thursday and Friday night. Thursday night, we went out to uh, Walk-On Sports Bistro, and what did I have? Boneless buffalo wings with ranch mm-hmm. dressing, and then, and then the next night we had this big, heavy uh, meat pasta dish. Um, so I'm like, yeah. And, re- and restaurants are the my worst. Eating, my eating habits apparently suck. Well, <laughs> restaurants are the worst. They really I are. Oh yeah, yeah, they fill you up with all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready for our guest? Absolutely. Let's That's get somebody smart in here. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, all right. So our guest today, again, truly one of the great people in the sport. I absolutely love her. Um, her personality and her spirit, absolutely infectious. Um, she actually holds a doctorate degree and we've talked about her on many of the broadcasts. She was a scientist at Beckman Coulter. Um, and then just a few years ago, we'll get the whole story obviously from her coming up, but just a few years ago, she stepped away from it all. And, and this, this really is kind of testament to the sport of cornhole, Bernie, and just, um, the, the attraction of, of the sport, um, and, and just how, I don't know. It, it, it's it's like a lifestyle. You know, it, it truly is. It's a community. Mm-hmm. People say that all the time. And she she and her husband, uh, who is also, a, I'm not sure he's still a pro, but I know he's a former pro. Um, yeah, former pro. Yeah. Um, they, just, they just went all in on the cornhole lifestyle. So they left it all. They got two kids and they decided they wanted to concentrate on family and, and spend more time together. So they did. So she married this dude, this former ACL pro. They actually married on Leap Day of 2020. At a Nebraska cornhole tournament. So when I when I say they went all in, it's they awesome. went all in. Yeah. And so they, they always wanted to get married on leap day. Just so happened to coincide <laughs> on the same weekend as a tournament in Nebraska. So they said, let's do it. So they got married on leap day in Nebraska. But um, a, a great story. Uh, I, I don't want to spend too much time uh, with this with this big, long intro. But one more thing, uh, j- just, just to go along with the saying in, in the ACL that anyone can play, anyone can win. And I don't want to minimize... Uh, her practice and her regimen because she obviously practiced a lot to get to where she was. But uh, prior to 2020, she had only been playing competitively for one year. And in 2020 had a great run. She finished runner up or lost in the semifinals to Maya cup for the 2020 ACL woman of the year. Then in 2021, four times made it to the finals or to the semifinals Mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in a a shootout. Uh, Couldn't get over the hump. 2022, same scenario, kind of, got to the semifinals uh, several times. And then finally in California, the final shootout event, she wins it, got over that hump. And already here in 2023, she is uh, off to a great start, picked up a big win in women's singles just last weekend in New Mexico. So again, one of our favorites. Uh, and I'm so glad we're able to get her on this week. Please welcome to Borderline, Dr. Yeti Erwan. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Yeti. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Bernie. How are you? I'm actually, I'm actually kind of sick. Oh, <laughs> no. From Albuquerque. I pick up something there probably, but um, I'm with I'm you. recovering. Travel is yeah. tough, man. I, it happens to me all the time. People just don't get it. So 
feel bad. I for saw, you. I, yeah. I, I saw on your Facebook page that, that I think it was the last day of New Mexico, uh, that, that open, you weren't feeling good. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, Kathy and I, Yeti, we've been the through the same day. thing. I mean, really for like the last month, I feel like twice we've been sick and we're still trying mm-hmm. to get, to get over it. So, but, uh, well, I hope you feel better. So, so are, yeah. are you, I'm, I've been resting up co- the past two days and, I'm sorry. So are you in Colorado right now? Are you back home? Yes, I'm home. Um, but tomorrow I'm flying to Bismarck for the winter pass. <laughs> oh, wow. That's that, That'll be good for your cold. You know, get get, get in South Dakota. Where's, where is Bismarck? Yeah. Is that North Dakota or South Dakota? Which Dakota is Bismarck? North, North Dakota. That's right. That's right. All right, Yeti. Well, let's let's get into this because because we talk about it every week that you know it seems like thirty or thirty five minutes with our guest um, is a long time, but it goes so fast. So let's get right to this. So, can you give us a little bit of your background? I, I think it's okay. just I think it's just fascinating um, that that you had such a successful career. I mean, you are brilliant. You hold a doctorate. You were a scientist. Why did you decide to step away from all of it? You and Harry. And and just go all in and cornhole. I mean, was it family related? Were you burned out on the career side? Why why did you step away from it all? Well, actually, um, so I quit my job as a scientist from Beckman in April 2019. It was related to management issue, and um, they kind of like I was I was there almost eight years and a half, and I I had I much held the same title and then you know so i quit my job in april and then that summer we went on our subject for the full summer because i'm not i wasn't working full time and then at the end of the summer uh we got the opportunity for both of us and harry really wanted to do it and then i'm like okay um i guess i sign up too and we could play together i I wasn't ready for sure. Like that first year, I, I've been playing for almost a year competitively. But then as soon and I was going to look for another job when I, we get back from that summer trip. But we signed up to be ACL Pro and I know I had to be full time in Cornhole because otherwise I won't be able to hang with the pros. My skill wasn't there yet. So what what is it about? All right. So first question. Do your daughters love cornhole or do they hate being on those trips? <laughs> they hate cornholes because cornhole <laughs> took mommy away. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and and secondly, how how much have you seen the women's game progress? This is a question that I've asked to several females when we've had them on the show, that it just seems like over the last couple of years, the talent level in the women's division has just skyrocketed. Have you noticed that as well? Yes, for sure. And I love it that this year, uh, women has its own separate standing. So I think now like a lot of women, they're gonna you know come to the open, um, to the you know the national even I think to compete in the women's singles so they could get points and become an ACL pro. So I'm loving. Hey Yeti, do do you um, you know, w- w- do you think much about your old life? I guess you can say, as far as being a scientist. I mean, is there any part of you that wants to go back to work? Or are you guys all just totally happy the way you are now? 
Uh, well, kind of both, I have to say. So I kind of miss working in the lab and using my brain, do some experiments. Um, but right now, um, I'm enjoying cornhole life too, because I'm, I feel like I'm really where I'm supposed to be as a pro right now, my skill level. So I'm very happy um, competing with the best in the country. So what did you do as a scientist? Like I talk about this and, you know, we talk about you on the air and I throw out that you hold a doctorate and that you were a scientist. So what, what exactly did you study? Like, what did you work on as a scientist? Oh, so uh, in my grad school, my thesis was uh, studying the neuropsychiatric toxicity of interleukin-2. So they use interleukin-2 to treat melanoma, (laughs) uh, skin cancer. So my, my thesis, my dissertation uh, is on neuropsychiatric toxicity of interleukin-2. And interleukin-2 is a cytokine in your body, but also uh, produce it uh, in pharmaceutical industry to treat melanoma cancer, skin cancer. But the patients um, who receive uh, interleukin-2 to treat their cancer the higher the doses, usually they have some side effects, obviously. And then one of the side effects of the some of the patients, they become hallucinative, they get delusional. Um, so, so I studied the, the side effects in the in the brain, and I used mice to. So I I would inject the interleukin two to mice, and then I studied uh, behavior mice, and I did uh, MRI on the little mice brain. That was my thesis project. Wow. So, so, so how long, how long was your thesis? If you don't, so hold on, hold on. Let me, before we say that mom, see, there are really intelligent people in cornhole. My mom also has a PhD Yeti. So I had to throw that out there, that there are very intelligent people, but how long was your thesis? I'm just curious. Um, my entire grad school is, you're talking about grad school or the thesis? I have the thesis, the thesis like itself. How long was it? Is, uh, I don't know, 300, 400. So a book. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Books, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I have it on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, all right. So let me, let me ask you a stupid question. So, I mean, how much, how much progress was there in, in the drug that you were testing i mean do you do you feel like it do you do you I, someday, sometimes i feel very defeated when it comes to the treatment of cancer because i feel like we spend so much time and, and so much money but yet but yet and yes we've made great strides but it's it's hard for me to believe that there's still not some sort of more guaranteed type of of cure um and i'm sorry i just sound stupid talking about this because i'm not nearly as smart as you are but i mean do you do you feel like there's been significant progress um, I think there's progress for sure, but I don't know how much progress. Um, you know, it's so funny because I, if I'm still working as a scientist, uh, one of my dream goal was to find a cure of cancer. And because um, my, my dad passed away of kind of liver cancer um, a long time back, like 17 years ago. Um, but then my goal, my dream goal as a scientist was to cure cancer, but cancer is kind of difficult uh, because it's your own cells that when kind of, well, 
So it's so hard to really target, you know, with drugs and everything. It's so hard to really target specifically the cancer cells without affecting the other cells because they're pretty much, they're your own body cells. So they kind of have the same D tag, but just the cancer cells went wild. So it's just, it's really, it's a weird um, illness, like with the tumor and stuff. And it's so hard to cure. I think, I think the future to cure cancer will be through genetic. Like you have to somehow mutate cells back into normal cells somehow. Wow. Yeah. It's just so hard for my brain to compute that because, you know, uh, coronavirus hits us and boom, everyone goes right to work. And, you know, within months we have this vaccine, but yet here we are, you know, decades down the road with cancer and it's still such a, you know, a terrible disease and still affects every single one of our families. And yeah, like I said, it just, it seems like I just get frustrated. So I, I just, I just wonder why we can have a vaccine for a virus. And I realize it's different, but you know, we got to, we got to, a vaccine for a virus like that, but in cancer, we still struggle. Yeah. So, so, so Yeti, do you Again, think, because like with the virus, so I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bernie. No, go ahead. After you. So please. I was just going to say, because smarter. with virus and back. So with virus and bacteria, because they're kind of a strange, kind of a strange entity that get into our body. But with cancer, it's already the cells in our body that get mutated and end up being wild and proliferated, turn into tumor and everything. That's why it's not an easy like fix with fact we can't vaccine against our own body cells. Whereas we can have vaccines against virus, right? Because it's a strange entity that our immune immune system can attack that uh, strange entity that entered our body. But with our, our own our immune system, you're not supposed to attack our own, you know, body cells unless you have like immune deficiency or like, um, yeah, the immune system just gone wild too, and attack your own body cells, which is it's it's that's bad. So, thank so, God we have scientists, right, Bernie? Yeah. So, well, I got a question. So, do you think when you say it would take <laughs> some sort of genetic level to change things? Do you mean changing things like in the womb where you go in and you modify the genetics of a human being before they're born? Or are you saying modify the genetics once the cancer cells are discovered? I'm talking about once the cancer cells discovered, like you have to have some kind of um, almost like a vaccine, but I think we call it gene therapy. So just therapy on those cancer cells that mutated and you try to turn it back into your normal cells so they would act normal and not become a tumor anymore. Mm, wow, fascinating stuff. Man, God bless you, Yeti, for what you do. So, so was, was cornhole, was corn, I mean, that is such, I mean, I mean, you've met Kathy, Kathy was, was a uh, oncology nurse for many, many years. Uh, heavy, heavy stuff, obviously, every day. Um, what was, I'm sure the same thing for you, obviously, uh, was cornhole. I mean, did that become just a nice escape for you? Um, I would say nice escape, but I'm just super competitive that, uh, you know, once I like, I get into something and I, Harry would say, I hate losing more than I love winning. 
So when I get into cornhole and then there are times when we play, I would play well, I know, and then somehow we lose and then it got frustrated for me. And then I either, I told myself, either I get really good and start winning or I'm not going to play this game altogether. <laughs> so, so would you say, Yeti, like I noticed, I mean, not to bring up anything bad, but you would have great tournaments, especially in the shootouts. And then you would get to the main stage and you wouldn't give us your A game. Did it take a while to get used to the bright lights? Was, was, that, was that a big transition for you? Yes. For My nerve always got to me. For the past three years, two, three years, I get to the main court and I get nervous. I try using earbud for a while. But then I don't know what happened in, I think my breakthrough was in Wichita last year when I was playing Cameron Belfin um, mm -hmm. in, the, in the semifinal. And then even though I ended up losing to her, but I felt like I, was, I wasn't that nervous, which was kind of weird. I, I think I decided not to use my earbud and I played Cameron. And I felt, even though I lost to her, I felt like I wasn't nervous. So I'm like, okay, maybe I could just put on my game, focus on my skill, and just throw my bags. I can do this and just lose the ear. So then um, in at Spencer's, I did not feel nervous either. And I'm like, okay, I could do this. And I did not wear earbud anymore. And I'm fine now. So I don't know. It's a hum that, yeah, I, got, I had to get over. I, I am going to take 100% credit for your win in California because just before you took the stage, I came and gave you a big <laughs> hug and told you today's the day. And and I didn't get a yeah. thank you card or anything. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, shoot. I thank you now, Jeff. <laughs> On record. But the, you know, the, 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 great thing, the great thing, though, about that day is that it was also Harry's birthday. Wow. It was. Yes. <laughs> so what did he what 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 was your telephone conversation like um after you won? So well actually the telephone went before I won and I told him, Listen, babe, um I'm gonna win this and this is gonna be a birthday present. So I that's what I told him. So towards I'm like, okay, baby, go that's present. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. I love that. <laughs> well well so how does all right, so we have a few cornhole couples out there on tour and i'm curious does harry like the fact that you're a better cornhole player than he is i'm sorry say that again, bernie D does harry how does harry feel about the fact that you're a better cornhole player than he is He's actually fine. And I think uh, what hit him hard was his hand surgery two years ago that kind of took him out of the scene for a year. And then suddenly my game just, you know, you know, peaking, whereas his game, because he took off that one year and with his hand surgery, it's tough on him. But he's, he's very supportive of me still playing cornhole and like, you know, being the best that I could. <laughs> Hey, Yeti, a minute ago, uh, because we, we really like to talk about the players, um, especially players like you who play at a very high level. And we like to kind of get some insight into your mindset. 
So Bernie just kind of touched on it, but again, going back to 2021, right? Not once, twice, three, but I think it was four times you made it all the way to the finals or the semifinals right there, but couldn't quite get over the hump. Same thing for most of last year until California. So you just said how competitive you are and how frustrated you get. So, I mean, was there ever a time where you doubted yourself and, and thought to yourself, you know, what, what am I, what am I doing? Do I really want to do this? I mean, did, did you ever have those thoughts? Um, there's always like, for me, I feel like, um, eventually I learn, like I, I accept losses and I know, um, like, like I said in the beginning, because when I just started, I've been only playing for about a year. So I know I wasn't there yet. And then I knew I just had to keep learning and I have to take losses and keep improving my game. And then I realized too that first year, I think like, oh, in the pro world, I better have an airmail. That time there's no roll shot. So I know mail, so I could play, you know, strat more strategy. The second year being a pro, I, you know, I tried to work on my airmail game. I need to make sure I have mail, I could, you know, play more strategy game. And I take losses as, okay, and then, like, again, in a pro shootout, it's more of the, on the nerves, too, I think. And, but then in Atlanta, in Atlanta, I thought I would win that shootout in 20, mm. 2020, 2020, 2020, I believe. Yeah. I thought yeah. I would win that one against Sarah, but then it was, I think, 2020, yeah. Wait, yeah. no, it was, it was 2021. It, it was yeah, 2021, yeah. Yeah, it was the, and it was then the in shootout in Atlanta. I thought... Right. I thought I would, yeah, I thought I would, I would beat, I mean, I beat Rosie in the semifinal and then I thought I would get, be, be able to beat Sarah. I wasn't that, it wasn't really nerve, but I think it more of the, the board getting super sticky and some of my bags, like the, um, um, all side, because my game went wet, wet uh, when I was about to throw the quarterfinal against Alistair Peters. So I ended up switching to the all side and the all side is a little, bulkier that ended up just clogging i took that you know that kind of loss as long as i threw well i'm okay with it um and then i just you know i just keep throwing and then um there are times when i'm a pro more because uh i need to stay home more with my kids but then um, 2022 no 2021 to 2022 harry came out from the surgery and i really want to play with Harry again my year as a pro because I knew I'm, I was a little bit better now that I could hang with the pro and I'm hoping I could play well with him and get a few more wins with him in the pro world. Uh, but then he, he was, he had no, I feel like after the surgery, no confidence in him and he felt like he's so much behind compared to all the other pros. So then we didn't, he didn't do well and he kind of got down on himself. And then this year, since my game is still picking, so Harry was like, okay, you stay being a pro and just, you know, keep doing what you do because you are, your game is right there now. So I never really have, I don't think I have confidence. It's more nervous and um, I don't, I'm, I used to, I have really, good focus so i think that's what get me in this game like i could focus a game at a time and just throw my back and 
Yeah, I don't think I ever really lost confidence. I get tired sometimes mentally. And then I would just take a quick break from cornhole. Don't throw back for like maybe two, three days. And then I get back to it. And I'm fine. So, so what, what do you say to yourself? Because when we're watching you on the broadcast, we can tell that you're talking to yourself. Um, can't quite exactly hear what you're saying. But what are the things that you say to yourself to get through those situations? Because that's something we've been talking about. We like to focus on the show is, is overcoming mental challenges. You've done that. You're, you're a great example of that. You've overcome the nerves. You've overcome the mental challenges. How did you do that to, to become a champion and, and win that, that shootout? Like, what do, you, what do you say to yourself? And how, how did you stay mentally strong? Um, I think eventually I'm just, again, just focus on the back I'm about to throw. And I know I have the skill. I'm just back, just, uh, you know, get in the hole, get it wherever I want to get it to. And I think I'm used now being watched by people throw line. I throw in the ghost cornhole games for like a long time. The ghost, ghost cornhole group, uh, Bobby thing. I'm getting used to them being there and people watching me throw live on Facebook and then um, throw live on the broadcast court. So now I, I just don't think about it anymore. I just focus on my game, on the moment and just trying to win the game um i usually set my goal like okay i, I do want to win it you know i'm gonna throw my best back and try to win this that's all i just tell myself and if i give up like a big point i i would tell myself sometimes like it's okay it's only four points i can get this back i can just do two at a time or one at a time you know a wash is good i learned that a wash is good you know your opponent don't get points i don't get points it's okay it's still good uh <laughs> So, yeah, I do talk to myself a lot. <laughs> I love well, it. Well, I'm, I'm curious, um, Yeti, we're starting to see, all right, for those at home, uh, the women's game for a long period of time was a lot of slide, you know, hole for hole slide game. And the ladies were just going bag for bag, hole for hole. And we're starting to see a transformation a little bit. Even Cheyenne Renner was trying to add certain shots to her game. Do you feel with your game, to take it to the next level, whereas not just in the women's singles and the, you know, when you're playing against the men as well, do you feel like you need to add a variety to your game or do you feel you just have to get more consistent and make more bags? Like wh wh where do you think you're, you're headed with your game? Um, always, there's always a shot that I need to learn. I mean, Except for no, like I, I, I don't have a rollback. I mean, I, I hit it sometimes accidentally, but I do not have a rollback. I have to practice rollbacks. But again, I already mentioned earlier. So two years ago, I knew I have to have an airmail so I could play stra more strategies, like more blocking game. So actually this year, I'm trying to play more blocking game because now I have an airmail. So I could block and you know what? I have to hit, you know, they re-block or whatever, like just a climb in front of the hole. I do have an air bill now that I could hit and I could, you know, pass all the blockers. So I do try to uh, increase, like, I guess, improve my strategy game with a blocking game. And I noticed, I agree with you, Bernie, like in the women's uh, field, a blocking game, it will get you a lot of W's for sure. Hmm. Don't don't tell Jeff that. Don't don't tell saying. Jeff that. 
Don't worry. Don't worry about that roll bag. You don't need it. Just put them all in the hole. But, just, just put like 30 in a row and you'll be fine. <laughs> but I also can pound a hole. If, you know, they want to pound a hole all day. I could, you know, try to do that. And But then sometimes, you know, I might throw a blocker here and there to see how, you know, my opponent now we're talking now we're talking well hey hey uh shout out uh here real quick tj is one of our um 15 regular listeners each week and uh yeah and you know something that we do get some feedback on is uh whether whether it's whether it's pros or whether it's beginners with cornhole how much do you practice like how did how did you you know what was your practice regimen like in the beginning and how much do you practice now Um, so that's an interesting question. So in the beginning, when I decided to be pro with hair time, he told me, okay, you have to improve a lot. You have to practice. You have to put time in the basement. We have a court in the basement, practice board. And he's like, you have to be in the basement hours a day. And I told him, okay, I'll try. Um, I don't really think I meet that. And then when I promised to hair, I didn't know that he he did like the night that I have leak. So even when I when I have leak night, he expected me to practice in the basement for two hours and go to leak night and throw for like five hours there. And I told him I can't do that. Like I can't. Damn it, you know, Harry! Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> he was really hard on me. <laughs> so then, and I told Harry I, I like I consider leak night as a practice. So, so when I was in leak night, a lot of times like. Um, I throw, I warm up before the tournament start. And a lot of times I skip, I throw in between like, if there's a board, but otherwise I consider like, I like practice eating with other people. Usually I don't like practice just on my own. Although now, now it changed. Now I'm okay with throwing by myself. I usually practice against ghost game that I, you know, goes nine, goes 10. I just practice throwing now. But in the past, I did not like playoffs. I did not like throwing decas. I like playing against other people um, in the past. Um, now it changed. Um, I talked to Harry about this because somebody also asked me that kind of question usually, like how often you practice. And I think on average, I probably throw, I would say, 3,500 bags in a week maybe. I don't know if that's a good number. It's, it's, so better, it's better than zero. Something like that, average. It's, it is definitely better than zero. And I do put in, I go to league night every, usually every two, Thursday. Because uh, I go to like tournaments, the weekend tournaments, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, usually. But otherwise, I go to league night Tuesday, Thursday. Um, I play in a tournaments, local tournament if I don't go out of town. And then Sunday. Sunday, there's a leak here too. So four of sets in a week, um, I'm throwing bags in the league. Um, wow, yeah, that, that that's uh, no, that's great information. All right, one more for you. Um, the, and we were talking about this a little bit last week with the guys from from BG Cornhole. Do you feel like the game has peaked at all, or do you feel like it's still just going through the roof and it's just and it's still just getting ready to explode even more? Ooh, that's a good question. I know, right? <laughs> it's um, 
Ooh. I feel like it's um always. I feel like with all the young kids and all the women now, I think it's still peaking. Yeah, I think so too. We are we are seeing so many. I mean, j- just the just the event that we saw in Myrtle Beach, right, Bernie, yeah. with all the high school players at Myrtle Beach. I mean, literally dozens, hundreds. I mean, j- just in Myrtle Beach, right? And yeah. not 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 to mention across the country. I mean, and uh, yeah, the fact I, that I they're think, starting to get club sports at colleges. I, I I agree with you, Yeti. I, I think that's the surprise, right? Is like I think it, at first it was like, oh well, we know middle aged people really enjoy this game, and then the explosion with teenagers it has really exploded, and so that's. I, I think that's awesome to see. All right. All right, Yeti. Hey, as we wrap things up, so what? what is your goal for 2023? You're off to a great start already. Had the big win in women's singles in New Mexico. So what, what do you say to yourself? What are your mental goals now coming up here at the start of the season? Um, the goal is that right now, the goal is shootout, sure. Uh, to win a shootout, maybe – Try to win the championship. <laughs> right? That's this year. Are, are you gonna are you gonna try not to wait until um, the last shootout? Yeah, Is Colorado. that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely yes. <laughs> well, hey Yeti, thank yeah, you so much. Maybe win the double for your... shootout too. There you go. Try. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I saw, I saw you and uh, dangerous Dan made a great run. So, Hey, congratulations on the start to 2023. Thank you so much for your time. And, uh, as always, I cannot wait to see you again. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Bernie. See you, Yeti. Having me on fun. All right. You're welcome. Bye Yeti. Wow. I absolutely love talking to her. Sorry about the technical issues we were having there with, uh, yeah. with the stream, but, uh, Hopefully able to kind of kind of read through the lines on that one. What a what a what a fantastic person. Can you imagine? Man. I mean, can you imagine going through the years of research, right? And you're and you're trying to you're literally trying to cure cancer, and then you decide, ah, well, I'm done with that. I think I'm gonna play cornhole for a while. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. It's it's heavy stuff. It, it's pretty you, you you can tell it's still in her heart though, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, she had I mean you would if you're that kind of person and you and you devoted that much of your life to it, it has to still be in there, right? It has to be. Yeah, that, that's kind of why why I asked her that question because I wanted to see if she still had you know that fire, and she obviously does. I mean, she's I mean she's brilliant. I mean, just just to hear the way that she talked about it was amazing. Yeah, I I think that's such a tough field. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, you know, you know, you're you're close to it as well with Kathy. I mean, like it's. I think it must be like banging your head against a wall at times because there's never enough money for the amount of research that needs to be done. And I don't think you can really do anything in that world until you can work on human beings. And that's pretty much impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I suppose in, in some way that that has probably helped her with her mentality in cornhole. Right. I mean, because you're right, because every day, I don't want to say you're fighting a losing battle, but but every day as a scientist, she was fighting a, an uphill battle. Uphill battle so may- for sure. Yeah. So so maybe you know that that mentality is what allows her to get through all those losses, and then finally persevere and win it. I mean, the the, the only other sports analogy I can give is probably like in baseball. I mean, baseball players, and I saw it. I mean, I spent ten years in, in professional baseball. I, I mean, yeah. not as a player, but as a play by play guy. But you know, that's something that all the guys talk about is dealing with failure. 
they go out there and and that yeah they hit home runs and sometimes they're a hero but more times than night than not it's an 0 for 4 night with a couple strikeouts right you have to deal with failure you know and may, and maybe that's kind of similar in cornhole there's so many players you have to learn how to deal with that i, I mean just like with any other sport when you look at the top i mean what we've got 10 players i think that are kind of exist at, at this ultra elite level and for everyone else you know, a great tournament for them is, you know, maybe getting to, to a semifinal or, or a final in their bracket and then losing to one of these players. And I know what, what yeah. I mean, the, the opens are different. And, you know, a lot of people talk about their success in opens and opens are great. And it's obviously impressive because you're beating some of the top players along the way. But when you look at the nationals, I think that's where everyone kind of judges themselves. It's still kind of the same group of people and like you're saying, I mean, for some of these folks, it's like, all right, they have to learn how to get over that hump. How do I, how do I get past every, t- I beat everybody, but I can't beat Jamie Graham. How do I get past that? And mm-hmm. it happens over and over and over again. I think Yeti's kind of, kind of starting to show like, you know, Hey, I, I, I beat everybody, but I lose to Cheyenne. I beat everybody, but I lose to Cameron. And she's starting to kind of get these wins now. And she's starting to kind of get over the hump. And I think that's really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, our thanks to Yeti Irwan. We got to go. Bernie, I will see you soon out in Arizona next week. Yes, sir. See you soon, buddy. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next week.